Hey, and welcome to episode two of The Youngest Podcast, where we chat to cool people doing cool things. In this episode, we have a conversation with Nick Troton from Stallion Barbers. Uh, it's, it's very fun. Nick is the man. He's, he's very fun to talk to. There's plenty of laughs, plenty of inside goss on what it's like to start a barbershop. Uh, he shares a little bit about you know, his passion for the barbering world. Uh, and also what the name even means, why he called it Stallion, what he did in the lead-up, what he's looking at doing in the future. But just quickly, there is a bit of an update at the end of the conversation. Uh, Right after we finish recording, he receives some news, which uh, will change a bit of the future, so stay tuned for that, and I'll do my best to fill you in at the end. So yeah, let's get straight to it. Alrighty, so I am here with Nick Troton. Hey, how, how do you even say it? Is it, do you roll the R? Because you're French wow. origins, if right? If we're splitting hairs, Nick Trotin. 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 It's way too pretentious. I had, <laughs> it was Trotin, or it was Trotin growing up. Trotin. But, but in Australia, it's Trotin. Um, Nick Nick is the man behind Stallion Barbers uh, in Maroochydore, Sunshine Coast. Um, where are you from, Nick? I originally hail from the shores of Boston on the east Boston. coast of the States, from Boston, Massachusetts. Do you feel like you, you can still talk like that whenever you want? Or? I don't think I ever talked like that, even when I lived there. I uh, You kind of, you got to live downtown to have the Boston accent and be a townie, we call okay. them. So you lived out of town then? Yeah, we lived outside, probably like 30 minutes outside the city. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And why the hell are you here in Australia? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the real reason I'm in Australia, I was working, what was I doing right before I came down here? I think I was about to go back to uni to or to college in the States. Yeah. And then I just decided that I wanted to do something more with my life. So I ended up um, getting involved with YWAM and coming down. What, what is YWAM? What is YWAM? All right, we're getting down to it. YWAM is a global organization um, that does... So essentially... Oh man, how do you even explain YWAM? This is one of those things. Um, so it's a, global, <laughs> it's a global Christian entity organization that facilitates um, having young people go into countries and do aid work and do working with kids and working with churches and working with all kinds of different stuff to tell people about God and to help, um, I guess, aid in whatever capacity is needed in the given country that you go to, I suppose. Awesome. Sweet. So how, how long did you do that for? So I did YOM for, well, I did this, the first school was six months and then I came back to help kind of facilitate the staff side of things. So that was for two years after yep. I did that. Awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. Um, and so what are you doing now? What am I doing now? Well, it's funny. If you <laughs> t- <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what Stallion Barbers is. What Stallion Barbers is. Well, Stallion is a result of, I have done about a million different things for work over the years. Everything from, you know, I mean, YWAM, like I just said, doing aid work to, uh, working in zoos, doing animal training to doing wakeboard <laughs> hold up, coaching. Hold up, hold up, hold <laughs> up. So... You did animal training, mm-hmm. which which um, animal is a very broad term. Yep. 
what type of animals are we looking at training here? Uh, women and birds. No. Can <laughs> <laughs> get in a lot of trouble yeah, with that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no. Um, uh, yeah, I, I volunteered for a while and worked in a zoo uh, in the exotic bird department. So just wrangling <laughs> all the parrots pretty much. Awesome. <laughs> and that was in Boston? Well, cl- in the suburbs cl- yeah, of Boston. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yep. Yep, got a few battle scars from some angry angry parrots that didn't want to cooperate with me. <laughs> but then now they're covered with tattoos, so you can't see them anymore. There you go, you covered it up with tattoos. Mm-hmm. What was your uh, favorite bird? Well, I can tell you my least favorite bird. <laughs> the, the one that gave you those scars? Vicky was her name. There was Vicky and Elvira, which... Elvira, I they're think... both... So very gnarly names. Anything you name Elvira is bound to be a terror, I think. <laughs> I don't think there's any possible success story coming out with that name. Yeah. Yep. Well, anyway, so yeah, I went to get Vicky off her perch at the end of the day one day. She's a scarlet macaw, so she's about a meter from t- uh, head to tip of the tail. Yeah. And, you know, big beak on there. And they had they had them trained so that you could ask them, hey, Vicky, are you ready to go? And she would put their they put the foot up, and if you you know put your hand on their foot, they would walk on, and then you could take them back to their cage. Yep. Well, anyway, Vicky was being a little cheeky bird, and um, went up and said, "Vicky, are you ready to go?" And she sort of cocked her head at me and put her foot up a little bit, yep. and um, grabbed her foot and just like poof, she just like nailed me in the arm with her beak, like ripped a huge <laughs> chunk of skin out of my arm. I was like. Argh. And meanwhile, there's all these custom, you know, well, zoo patrons looking on, like yeah, yeah. seeing this happen, and I'm trying not to lose it, and I'm about to just beat the crap out of this bird. But yeah, yeah, ended up getting her back in the car. There's like blood dripping everywhere, and everyone's like, "Is is he okay? Like, is yeah, he yeah. all right?" So yeah, I hate that bird. Get <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a bit of a even a love hate relationship, or just hate? Not just hate. I actually, it's a strong Vicky. word. Man, there was another. Is. Yeah, but she was evil. There's birds are actually racist, believe it or not. Like we actually had a we had a bird that was um, actually racist. It didn't like black people. It only liked if a black person would try and pick it up, it would bite it like crazy. Wow. And there was another bird that would only let blondes handle it. So, yeah. Is that that's not is that hairist? Yeah, well, it's not sexist I don't because wow. you can have blonde. No, blonde females, males. blonde females. Really? So yeah. yeah. So it's it, it just had and it just had very specific tastes. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, also, just a disclaimer: mm. Penny is kind of our our little kitten. She has just woken up. She is running about the house. So apologies for any um, scratching on the on the walls or. Um, curtains rattling or recently she's just been playing with Nick's little fidget spinner mm-hmm. um, but she seems to have moved on from that yeah, I think she's done with that now <laughs> it's fun for a while she, yeah, was, she managed to figure out how was, to spin it it's pretty cute when she was doing it actually um, so yeah back to Stallion so back to Stallion. Um, what does the name mean that's a great question <laughs> <laughs> so Stallion came about basically I Wanted it. I used. To, I was working as a barber in the shopping center. I didn't even finish how I became a barber, but anyway. I long story short, did a lot of things for work. Realized certain things that I enjoy in a workplace and certain things that I don't like. You know, being with people face to face and. So how, how long have you been barbering? Okay, so I've been barbering now for about two and a half years. So not that long. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, just long enough to do the training, do the apprenticeship, and then open your own shop for six months. So that's okay. pretty much how it's been doing. Yeah. Um. Which which isn't normal, right? Like a lot mm. of people, you know, work a 
worker position for someone else for quite a long time. Yeah, for sure. Before they start something themselves. So yeah, why did you do that? I mean, I guess I I just had that. I don't know. I was I was always, the whole reason I got into barbering was to have that space, work for myself, set my own terms. Like, you know, I got into it to not only you know because I I enjoy the actual work of it, but I got into it to actually be you know, try and be a resource for people. And I find that, at least I found when I was working in the shopping center and you have, you know, a million people around everywhere. Um, if, a, if a dude's come in and had a rough week, like he's not likely to open up about it because, you know, if he starts going into the depths of his soul of how bad his week was, like, you know, there's a million people listening. Whereas um, if you have a bit more of an intimate space, it's a bit easier to, you know, you just feel more comfortable and you feel more, you know, like it's a safe place. So yeah, I think every yeah. guy needs someone in their life that they can just talk to and not worry about who's gonna hear that story. Like, you know, a confidential, a confidant essentially, I guess, yeah. so. So yeah. with Stallion, you have that intimate space? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, where, where is it located? Okay, so Stallion is literally in a, it used to be a, a uh, storage closet. <laughs> it's it's bigger than you're probably imagining. Yeah. Though. <laughs> it, so, it fits more than a couple of shirts. It fits more than a yeah. few shirts and some smelly socks. It's yeah. um, So basically it's in a space behind the board store shop in Maruchidor. Australia, which is a skate shop, which on is the Sunshine which Coast. is yep. A, yep, skate shop on the sunny coast. Um, so it, uh, well, a little history of the building that Stallion was here in. We so go, here we go, get yeah. your notepads, everybody. Mm, yeah, break it out, less than time. So Stallion, the space first started out as a walk-in freezer for a Thai restaurant, and really, I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, that's like I, I can't. Ah, oh, the mm. Thai shop was where the um, where the Stoker Brew House is now. Yes, yes. on the corner okay. where Stoker Brew House I, is. I wasn't here to see that, actually. I wasn't it, either. It was I... actually a gallery. It was the skate shop's gallery Right. when I first came here. Right. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, I only knew of that because I, I asked. I said, oh, well, why is this? Basically, when I first came to look at the space, there's, like, it's got two levels, and there's a bottom level, and then there's this, like, weird step in there. And I was just like, what in the world is going on here? And I actually initially started trying to de like demolish it and flatten it, um, and I got halfway into it, and there's all this like, you know, little styrofoam insulation stuff, and it was then that I kind of realized, hang on, like, this used to be the insulated floor for a fridge, so yeah. that's how I figured that one out. Um, so it was that, and then once they moved out, then it was the piercing parlor for the tattoo shop that was that's on the right. corner. That's right. Yeah. So they made a mess and left some uh, interesting things in some of the closets. So that was fun. Um, what? what <clears throat> elaborate. You oh, can't say interesting things and then. Oh, just tell all us. sorts of uh, paraphernalia that would get confiscated off of a kid in school. I'll put it that way. Like, keep, keep going. Oh keep dear. Going. There was a few joints in. <laughs> in the uh, thing. Really? A few joints. Some like actually rolled. Actual rolled joints. There was porn magazines. There was. It really? was like they just left them there in the closet. It who, was who would leave a joint? I in? have no idea. You they know, surely they forgot would, they were there. It was like pretty filthy. Like it was okay. sitting in a corner for ages. Probably had some mud on it. And yeah. Anyway. So so basically, Stallion was was founded on a couple of joint sales. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah on joint. <laughs> yep. Yeah, on that. <laughs> just to be clear, that's so not that's, how I funded so that's, the business. That's, but that's what paid for the fridge in St. Yeah. Barbers. If you ever go there. <laughs> 
Yeah, nah. No, no, <laughs> that that is a direct no. That is a, that is a definitive funny, no. But... <laughs> um, but yeah, that's how. Anyway, that's how that space became vacant. Probably as they got chased out of there because people probably figured out. I, what was... I actually heard they got threats from um, bikies. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, was actually I was genuinely I'm not concerned. Not sure if we should put that on. Well, on now, there, but... yeah, Stallion's gonna get burnt down now. You yeah, watch two so... days from now. <laughs> Thanks, uh, cheats. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we hope not. Yeah, but anyway, then I ended up finding it, kicking out the cockroaches, and doing a bit of a spit and shine renovation, and yeah, got it rolling. Dude, I have to say, it actually looks really good. You've given it a certain vibe, which is quite nice. Like even the dual level, mm. like it's it's. You walk in and you feel like you've walked walked into more than a closet basically well that i mean i kind of capitalized on the dual level part of the idea there and with the way that i did the lighting actually it's i mean it's best at night it's my favorite i think yeah. after the sun goes down because you walk in the shop and it, you know the walls are all black everything's black and you got that warm wood on the the higher level and it's there's something mentally and and um psychologically when you take a step up in life like yeah. anytime you're stepping up to something it's like a better version of yourself so you come in on the floor that's, and then that's very deep mm, wow and to get your haircut you got to take a step up and then <laughs> and then you're in the spotlight under all these lights and it's yeah. all about you and it's one-on-one yeah. -on -one, so that's true I, i've actually like sat in the waiting room um which is that step down mm -hmm. and i felt lower than everyone else mm -hmm. who was on that that, that. yeah half level up and there's something about when you're at the lower level it's like you're physically looking up you know it's like yeah yeah people the people that are getting the haircut and then me i mean yeah tooting my own horn i'm on the pedestal in the shop you know it's <laughs> like it's up it's up to be seen for everyone to you know yeah it's like that's what's going on what's on the what's on the, in yeah. the spotlight but then that's the thing that's what i felt like even though i was waiting um just a note i have dreadlocks i don't actually get a proper haircut from nick but i get a beard trim yeah you know, once every i don't know month and a half something like month. that yeah, yeah i book in but yeah um you sit there and you're waiting and and then it's like once someone's you know their time has finished you get to step up into the spotlight and yep. you feel very special like mm. there is there is a um while you're waiting you could get a massage right like mm -hmm. Talk us quickly through, like just briefly, mm -hmm. you know, this isn't a sales pitch, I guess, but yeah. what do you offer? What happens? Okay. So what happens under this spotlight that we're talking about? Okay, so cool. So so you come in when it's your appointed time that you book um, via an online booking engine. So you which, pick... we'll, which we'll plug at the end, at the end, so everyone knows where to go. No worries. So anyway, you book, you come in when it's your turn. Um, when you walk through the door, you get your choice of beverage. So we've got, um, being linked up with Stoker Brewhouse has its perks. We've got access to all the lovely liquids that so, they so offer. So where, where is the Stoker Brewhouse? Is so, this... yeah, so the Stoker Brewhouse is on the corner of, I'm trying to think what street that is. It's Aerodrome and... The one near Aldi. The one near Aldi. <laughs> the one you see when who, you're looking... The yeah, one you see when you you're really looking need. away from Aldi. Yeah. Anyway, so the Stoker Brewhouse is there. So you're out the back. You're out the back of the. Station. I am. I yeah. actually don't have a physical address. When I get things sent, I can't you get have. them sent to the shop because it doesn't technically <laughs> exist. You're in between a skate shop, a brew house, and a toilet, and a toilet, <laughs> and a pizza joint, and there's, a pizza there's, joint. There's Lucky's Pizza. A so pizza if joint. You know, yeah. If you know Lucky's Pizza, it's out the back of that. Mm. It's where they hang out before they get 
orders basically yep, pretty much yeah yeah um Very so cool. yeah so where were we dang um so yeah anyway what do, you, what do you offer yeah so get your choice of lovely liquid from the brew house so whether that's beers on tap or scotch or so that that's actually run by our friend nato who yep. will also get to talking yeah we'll, we'll get talking to him at some point as well mm-hmm so he hooks you up yep. with a bit of liquid. He's got the hookup. So coffee, coffee, beer. whether it's yeah, beer, coffee, kombucha, whatever you like. There's whiskey, something whiskey, there's, wine. Yep, they've got yeah, wine. wine. Yeah, got wine. Water, even water, water for those. Water. Coke, ginger coconut beer, coconut water, coconut water. Wow, like pretty much Every anything liquid. you could conceivably want, you wow. could probably have. That's incredible. So we've got a lot of options. So um, yeah, you come in, get your drink. And then you take your step up into the spotlight, and I've got a uh, shiatsu massage chair that um, you can sit in and then, you know, choose sort of your massage pattern, I guess, while you get your hair washed. <laughs> There's only two. It's not do, that do exciting. Do you have statistics on what massage pattern people choose? Um, yeah, I would say if you work in any sort of trade, you're no cushion anti-clockwise, and anyone else is a bit more soft. Uh, yeah, you put the cushion on, and I don't know choose your pick whether you feel an anti or just conventional for the yes, day I suppose. Yes, yes i get asked a lot does this move like can i get it to move to a different spot on my back and the answer is no but you can move your back to a different right. spot stop so. being a lazy stop being lazy son of a bitch mm. move yeah yes so anyway and then yeah get your hair washed because i've had people i had a, a butcher come in one time with meat in his hair so um Really? Yeah. Are you serious? A chunk of um, no word of a lie. A butcher came in. I mean, I, I'm not foreign to the idea of something being um, stuck in hair. Yeah. I, I've yeah. had cement. Well, there's them. probably actually still meat in your hair right now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Once you dig them out. But yeah, that's yeah. crazy. So you literally wash meat out of a client's meat, hair. Meat, yep. There's uh, like, I mean, one of the bigger things, one of the bigger problems, one of the reasons why I do the hair wash is. Um, like you get metal workers that come in with metal slivers in their hair and all this stuff. And it's, I mean, it's not so bad if, if I touch that, but my scissors, which I'll talk about a bit later, are Ooh. incredibly expensive. And Be excited for the scissors. Mm. Be excited. So that's coming up. Basically, if you chomp down on a bit of metal, that's a send back to Japan to the guy that physically forged them. Yes. Well, let's. <laughs> you've gotten into the scissors. Let's go I know. straight into right. the scissors. They're just. Nick, get, Nick is very passionate about his scissors. I could that talk he uses. about pretty much anything for a long time, but these scissors, like, I really should be a rep for them because genuinely, I love them that much. Um, basically, I mean, as a barber, you know, it's not like a lot of the other trades where you've got, you know, ten grand worth of electric tool power tools that you need and all this stuff. Even clippers are. You know, the most expensive pair is like 200 bucks, like not that bad. Yeah. But scissors is like your one breadwinner, like your money maker. Yeah. So there's two schools of thought. Some people get cheap scissors and throw them out every six months and get a new pair. And then there's people like me that, you know, I'd rather spend the money once and then have it for like 60 years. How, how much did you pay? So one of my sets of scissors is $1,700 for the one Holy set crap, of I did not know that. Actually... 1700 bucks so so one pair one my my is that your main my main seven inch scissor my go-to your your best is 1750 australian dollars retail wow and then i've got my other ones which is like so you as a barber you have your straight cutting scissors and your your, uh, blending scissors so the two of them collectively so the other ones are about 1400 bucks 
Yes. Which I always kind of make a make a joke that actually I spent more on scissors than I did on my car, which is true. <laughs> that's so. that's a very that's like a milestone in life. Yeah. That's like yes, I'm yeah. running a business. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, but yeah, so I mean, obviously, I'm very protective of them, and because of the edge is so fine on them, like they're amazing, but obviously only on hair, not uh, you know metal. So yeah. So, but. Yeah, the cool thing with them is they're hand forged by a family in Japan that um, basically has passed down their blade making knowledge from father to son, father to son, back to feudal times when they used to make samurai swords. Um, wow. So it's full on crazy. Like the craftsmanship is next to none. But the cool thing is if they ever get damaged or broken, they can get sent back and completely reforged. And even if they're really damaged, they can, you know, just remake the blades out of the same steel. It's like Lord of the Rings. It's like that sword that got broken and they fixed it. Yes, yes. Yeah. We all know that reference. Everyone. So, I've, but you've also told me a story that if the guy that made your scissors, right, mm -hmm. he is the one that yeah. redoes it? Right. So actually each scissor has... Um, some have like initials, some do serial number, whatever is easier, but basically it goes back to the physical human that made them because they, um, they think that only the actual hands that put the initial edge there can be the ones to re put the edge on because the slight difference in hand movements, one to the other could get just not quite as good that's, of an edge. That's phenomenal. Crazy. And if and if that person dies, he's already trained his son. His son is the... His son yeah. will kind of genetically... Genetically yeah, adapt yeah. his technique. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty that's crazy. Incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. That's... I feel like I'm watching a samurai yeah. movie or yeah. something. Like, that's... Yeah. But the cool thing is you, you generally end up with the dude because, you know, he would have made them in his lifetime. And, you know, the, yeah. a yeah. career, it's not like you're cutting hair for 70 years, you know, as much as you'd like. They would last that long. But you sort of have this go back to this dude and through the lifetime of his career, he's assisting you in the lifetime of your career. And then it's like his son will do the next generation. It's, I don't know, it's kind of cool. It's very cool. Mm. Do they know who you are? Probably not. No, they never heard of you. <laughs> nope, no, no they're, they're not like they don't get their hair cut by you or anything. I mean, like, they're in Japan, so yeah. probably not. Like, I'm sure the barber. Wouldn't that be incredible? I'm sure their barber probably uses those do you, scissors. Do you think they would be like, yeah, I? It'd be kind of lame to get their hair haircut by someone else's scissors if their probably. whole entire job was to make scissors, scissors. for barbers and then yeah. they get their hair. Like maybe they just get a clipper, like just all over probably. Well, I mean, zero. I I picture a lot of them to be like, you know, shave their head because they're so devoted to their trade that they don't <laughs> have time to do their hair in the they morning. Don't have time to get a haircut. I actually, I genuinely would love to go tour that factory someday. So the the factory and the where, family. Do you know where it is in it's, Japan? Oh, it's in something it's with Kessie. a K. Something with a K. I know that I know the name. Kawasaki. Of the town. No, not Kawasaki. It's like Code <laughs> Kobo or Co something. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Not Kyoto, that's where everyone goes, but I don't know. It's called Somewhere yeah, around there. Somewhere around there, but anyway, pretty cool. I'd love to see it someday. That'd be amazing. But anyway, off back to the back to the rabbit trail that we just went down. Um <laughs> so to prevent damage to my scissors and for your enjoyment, everyone gets a hair wash and then you go into the barber chair into the hot seat and get the your hair cut. The, the spotlight, stage, the step onto center stage, get yeah. your hair cut get your beard trim, whatever it is, shave. Yep. 
Um, and then yeah, get cleaned up, you know, show you how to style it because a lot of people don't know how once they leave and then that's it. That's the, that's the package. So drink, wash, massage, cut, style, smile, photo. Go. How, how do you go massaging other men? Yeah, it was pretty funny actually when I first, <laughs> I remember. Do you find that it's awkward? Like not, not. Nah, valid. There's nothing against it, but. Valid. It's just like you, you would you would run into a lot of people who would be off put by that. Mm-hmm. Na- naturally, that's well, that's generally where society's still at. So it's like yeah, totally. So unless you reside from reside in Europe or something like that, where it's yeah. a bit more, I don't know. Well, or if you're a massage therapist. Sorry, any it's... Europeans, if that, <laughs> that offends you. But... That's it. I mean, or if if that's your job, if you're a masseuse, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 yeah. it's expected that it's that's, expected. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. I mean, just to clarify, we're just talking like head wash massage. You know, okay, the chair yes. does Thanks the rest. The chair does the rest. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> it was pretty funny. On the first day of barber school, we all rocked up. All these, you know, kids that had seen these cool, you know, pictures of barbers and stuff and yes. had this dream. Anyway, we're, we're in and we're like, oh, we're going to learn to, you know, do this or do that. And, you know, just talking with the teacher comes in and um, eventually the teacher comes in and we're like, okay, what are we doing today? And she said, oh, we're going to do this, this. We're going to learn about shampoo and this and that. And after lunch, we're going to come back and wash each other's hair. And we were all like, what? Like, what we have to hell? touch each other's heads? Like, this is so weird. And it was the it was the, <laughs> the most artificial, weird thing in the world. Like, you're just sitting yeah. in the chair and looking someone in the... You had to not make eye contact, otherwise it made it real weird. Like, yes, yes. you're, like, awkwardly looking away. Like, where do I look? What do I do? Like, how, how you know, do I, do I really dig hang into on, Hang the... on, so you're washing each other's hair looking at each other well you had moments of that like you know your head's leaned back in the basin and the dude's looking down like you don't know where to look you know that's like (laughs) that's like an amazing intro to like some indie film yeah probably (laughs) i don't know i'm at a loss for what type of film that would be an intro to (laughs) not one i would watch probably but yeah hopefully not hopefully not yeah so but it was so awkward it was so awkward and then you had now you bring that awkwardness into your business well but that being said, you know, once you've, it's, that was the icebreaker. And after that, we were all mates because we're like, look, if we can wash each other's hair and get through it, you know, whatever. But then after that, of course, you know, it just, they just, it just becomes part of your routine. I suppose it'd be like a, I don't know, like a butt doctor or something. Like, you know, they (laughs) look at that many butts. It's just part of their job. Yeah, it's just whatever. It's just what it is. It's just part of the job. Okay, so that's not as awkward as it's No, sounds. it's only awkward. I do have one client that I'm glad hasn't followed me, and he would make noises when I would watch his hair. And um, What type of noises? Mm. Yeah. Because well, ri- it just felt good? Yeah, or? yeah. And well, you're doing a great job. Yeah, right? but nothing, oh, it was weird, though. He, he would try and invite me to, like, he had a he had a pretty cool car, apparently, and he would try and invite me to, like, go test his car over lunch, and I would always make up an excuse. It's pretty weird. All right. So, 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 so mo- moving on from that that client. Yep. How how has it been with with the general your clientele, all the people that have been coming to Sally and Barbers? Because how long have you been operating now? So it's been six months in four days, actually. So you just you just looked at your watch for the how many days? Well, no, I've got a little date. Oh, okay, the watch, right, so it right. shows that's, what day of the that's month what I was interested in. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so, it's so been it was that the long, 23rd so... of November that I started cutting in there. Wow. Yeah, which was, yeah, so that was crazy. 
it's yeah it's nuts that it's been almost six months it's it's been so full on but like so cool to see such a good response in such a short amount of time yeah yeah um what do you what do you attribute that to i mean there's a lot of it i I always say like a lot of my friends have started businesses recently i mean such as nato or such as these other people and i always say barber is a bit of a it's a bit of a cop-out because you've got an existing clientele it's not like you've opened up a you know a cupcake shop and are hoping someone needs cupcakes soon like as a barber you know you've got guys they've got hair it's gonna need yeah, to but, get cut but, but in saying that yeah. three years ago yeah. it wasn't a very yeah popular clientele it's still yeah. something that's reasonably new like that's true i suppose like barber barber shops have gotten a lot cooler and there's probably heaps of original barbers that mm. will probably email us and say you're retarded i've been on this for 20 years but it like i i I honestly do feel because because i have dreadlocks i feel like until i get them cut off i'm gonna actually miss this craze Mm. but hopefully it's here to stay um do you feel that it's here here to stay or well i was hoping you'd ask because there's actually an interesting story of how barbering disappeared in the first place ah here we go so, this is the inside goss on the inside barbering goss. in general well you know back in elvis day and the days of all those boys you know they were at the barber every week because it was like okay. he had to be on point for the ladies you know it was yeah, like ah, it's all about the so ladies. you know you look at all the old movies the james bond movies you know the all the wild west movies so and these all that. are the heavy influence on well it's classical men's what it's it's what you'd picture when you think of a classical men's dean yeah like for example if if you think okay what what does a classy guy look like you know regardless of trend regardless of whatever a guy in a suit with a clean haircut always looks good it's timeless so you go back to those days when guys would go to the barbershop and everyone would spend so much time um just hanging out at the shop talking to each other um, just catching up on what's going on in town. And that was, that was the norm. Everyone, like no one would question, Oh, have you been to the barbers this week? Yeah, absolutely. Like, are you going next week? Yeah, I have to go cause I've got a date or I've got this. So yeah, yeah. everyone was just on, you know, sharp, sharp all the time. And, um, basically what happened is the sixties and seventies came in and the new like trendy look for guys, you know, everyone went all hippie and was growing their hair long. And all of a sudden, these barbers that had trained their whole life in cutting short hair, like this was something they had never encountered. So they had, everyone would come in with long hair and the barbers would say, no, we don't know how to do that. So what would happen is the youngest generation of guys would have to start going to the hairdresser, to the girls shop, because only the girls knew how to cut the the long hair, because the hair was long. So what happened there is you lost your young, trendy generation to the hairdresser, which is where a lot of guys would have that background of, Is this like the 90s, like... No, so this is like 60s and 70s, still like 60s. Okay, still 60s yeah. and 70s, and uh, we'll get to the 90s, but 60s and 70s, so guys are having to go to the hairdresser to get a haircut because the barbers physically don't know how to cut their hair. This this is actually around the time that skateboarding originated too, which is when you picture the original skateboarders, yeah. they had long hair, True. it was like, well, I guess it was more originally from the surf culture. Yeah, um, but I mean, the skate skating wasn't that designed initially to mimic surfing when there was no yeah, waves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so, it's the surfers with yeah. the long blonde wavy hair. Yeah, going to girl hairdressers. Yeah, because only the girls could cut it. So naturally, a lot of these guys, you know, especially the you know, surf and skate guys, like, I mean, other than going to like sit in a chair with some hot girls or something, it wasn't necessarily <laughs> the most manly experience. Like, no. so naturally, it became something that was more of a necessity rather than 
um, something they enjoyed or looked forward to or was relaxing. So what happened there, you had all the young trendy guys going to the hairdressers and um, none of them were looking at the barbers and seeing something that they aspired to because the barbers were left with, you know, what people sort of associate a stereotypical barber with, you know, your flat tops, your military, you know, regulation, short back and sides haircuts. Because yeah. that's, that's what they knew how to do, and the people that needed those would go there because the hairdressers couldn't do that. So they were almost booked out, like, with those style of haircuts. Right. So why would they bother? Right, why would they the bother? And, I mean, it's just not how they were trained either. It was so separate back then. Um, so what happened was, basically, these young guys were looking at these old guys, and that was something that none of them wanted to be. None of them yeah. wanted to yeah. be that old guy doing the not-cool haircuts. Well, they, they kind of wanted to be a bit more dirty and not so, like... Well, yeah. A bit grungy, a bit rough around exactly. the edges, rather than being Rather than cut. military cut, exactly. Yeah. That's right. So it was a bit of a rebellion thing. So, basically, they... It was not cool. So the barbers for years, you know, barbering is such an old trade. It goes back to even... Actually, it's even talked about in the Bible. Like, there's actually... You know, a verse that talks about, you know, a barber razor. And, and that was a trade, you know, as long as people were growing hair, they were needing haircuts. But but in every picture of Jesus, he had long hair. He would have to go oh, I didn't the, say Jesus girl, had a short back and sides. I didn't okay. say Jesus uh, did, but who knows? Actually, who Samson knows? Samson had long hair. Yeah, but then it got cut by something, so. That's true. Yeah. I do wonder if they had scissors or whether it was just sharp rocks or something. So, so before, before he lost all his strength because his hair was cut, he mm. went to a... He went to a barber or a girl hairdresser? Well, I think, well, he probably, I mean, he would have been a girl hairdresser, but if the story is right, I actually think he, I don't know if he ever got his hair cut. I think that was part of the deal. I think he had to only never cut his hair and then he would be strong. But if he, Yeah, but he lost all his hair before he yeah, pushed true. down the temple. Anyway, yeah, we'll yeah, get, yeah. we'll get, we'll get into that anyway. another time. Anyway. But anyway, so all these all these boys weren't wanting to become barbers. So all of a sudden, the next generation of that trade that would fill the gap when these old guys retired or died or whatever was lost. So all of a sudden, there's no new barbers and there's only hairdressers. Yeah. And none of the guys that maybe would have been interested in the, you know, the actual, what it actually looks like day to day to be a barber, like, you know, chatting with people, catching up, like being creative, that kind of stuff, that that was framed in a hairdressing environment, like full of a shop, full of gossipy girls and stuff. So all these guys were very, it was super off-putting. It was like, not not at all anything I'm going to be interested in. Yeah. So the trade of barbering really died for a while there. And um, it was only, you know, even in the 90s, you know, the looks like everyone's getting the frosted tips and stuff still, and that was still not a barber thing, you know. It's true. It's so true. Like, all the boy band haircuts and everything, that was still hairdressers. There was still color in there. There was still all that, and that was... That was something hairdressers did. So it wasn't until there's actually a group of, well, just like, you know, what caused barbering to go out. It's ironic that it caused it to come back in. It was this grotty looking group of dudes called the Scorum Barbers in uh, the Netherlands, actually, were some of the boys leading the charge. So they were late 90s, early 2000s. And um, what they capitalized on is the guys that were kind of countercultural, you know, the punk scene, the Mohawks, the you know, rockability, rockability styles, the pompadours, all that stuff. But there's all these dudes that are doing hair, but they're covered in tattoos. They're like, you know, wearing Doc Martens and all these like crazy, just like dudes that you would not imagine ever going to a hairdresser are the ones being the next generation of barbers. And, and actually part of what they wanted is to bring back that vibe of like, you know, the barber being the place where all the guys go in town to like connect and to 
have you know conversation and to find out what's going yeah. on. So these guys were ahead of their time in the late '90s and early 2000s, and built a huge following. Like they just absolutely, you know, revolutionized what it what it looked like to be a guy in the hair industry. You know, it was no longer oh like that guy. You know, is you know whatever. You know, a little bit of that going yeah, on. Yeah, it was yeah. like, yeah. you know, he was, you know, it could be, you could be a rough man dude and like be a barber. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was cool again. It was cool again. They made it yeah. cool again. So then, you know, that was, you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago now and, and only now starting to come to light. Like they, I mean, obviously you can't start a whole movement in a day. Like it takes time for it to gain traction and become mainstream. Yeah. So they kind of paved the way again and made it, made a new, um, a new resurgence in the trade showing that, you know what, actually this can be a legitimate man's profession. You know, it's not something that moms do on the side. Like it's, it's, it is possible for it to be a man's pursuit. And, um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, they brought that back and, um, yeah, all now you see barbershops exploding everywhere, but now these days they, um, they make sure to train you in long hair and color and all the other stuff. So any barber, whether they like it or not, has to learn how to cut so they're prepared to do exactly all clients exactly yeah. so that the trade doesn't ever die again so do you cut long hair i can you can do yeah. you enjoy cutting long hair yeah i do i mean it's it's it just depends like it when a long hair is coming off a guy's head it's easy if it's coming off a girl's head it's a different story because guys guys long hair they don't want it to look clean they don't want it to be oh i want to look yeah, it's like a different, it's a it's different, a different thing style. totally yeah, yeah. different i mean you you can have different styles and mm. different things that you shoot towards. Yeah, guys generally, you know, they don't necessarily want it layered or mm -hmm. certain highlights. They just want it out of their face. Yeah. Oh, the go. worst is the color with girls, man. They're like, bring you three pictures and like, okay, I want to look kind of like Jennifer Aniston, but then a little <laughs> bit like Jennifer Lawrence and then a little bit like Jennifer Hudson, but then not like any of them. And you cover the face and you go, do you still want that haircut? And they're like, ah, oh, not really. It's like, well, I'm not really, a... <laughs> they want everything else that they, <laughs> they have. want. I'm like, you're at the wrong place. Go to a plastic surgeon. Like, <laughs> it's true. But guys are, I mean, guys are easy though. Cause guys are, are rational and they know, okay, well, you know, it's just hair. It's going to grow back. It's not the end of the world. We just, yeah, we just have less care. Well, yeah, it's less. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, we're kind of lucky. We got, we got a much like we we don't have to keep up appearances as much as oh the male women do. the male like, lease on life is I mean it? I, I've had dreadlocks for nearly ten years I still <laughs> I still got a girlfriend fiance and a wife all yep. that time all the same woman but yeah <laughs> and she doesn't even know me without these ratty dreadlocks coming this off is my true. head so I mean I think the bar's a lot lower for for men for sure significantly lower significantly lower. so yeah so you mm. obviously cut lots of different hair. Um, mm -hmm. But you're also just telling me that business is going good. Yep. And you're looking at maybe... Yeah, so the next thing, basically, as as that dramatic pause in time had yeah. uh, segued into... I forgot into. I was doing <laughs> hand gestures yeah. to explain. There were, some, there were some grandiose hand gestures yeah, in there. Yeah, sorry. me to... Audio. Think we are talking on audio. This is, yeah, This audio. isn't being filmed. No. Well, basically, it's been so busy... Um, that I actually, I've, I've decided to end up actually putting a cap on the clientele. So, um, it's to the point where it's, it's get every day is getting so booked up 
that I don't ever want it to be to the point where it's, you know, booked out for like four weeks or five weeks or anything crazy like that. Like, you know, guys don't work that way. You wake up in the morning, you look at your hair and you go, yep, it's time. Well, when I, <laughs> I, I actually, a short story. So we actually planned to have a beard trim. I was going to get a beard trim while we caught, recorded this conversation. Mm -hmm. Turns out West Italian Barber's ears is a little bit echoey. We had to come back to my house to record this, mm -hmm. this conversation. Um, but I looked, I booked in what, two days ago yeah. and there was, there was a lot of slots open mm -hmm. and this is how the male brain works yeah. because in those two days, your complete, your whole entire Friday back got to booked, back to back got to back to out. back. Yep. And because yep. heaps of people probably woke up, woke up this morning with like, mm -hmm. oh crap, I got a dinner it's on time. Saturday night. Yeah. I need to quickly get a haircut. Yeah. And that's actually one thing that I, I thought about when I was opening the shop too. Actually, I only work from Wednesday to Saturday, but then I do bigger days because no guy needs a haircut. You know, no family dinner is on a Tuesday night or a Monday, you know, or, you know, wedding. It's always on the weekend. So it's yeah. always about the weekend. Sunday roast, baby. Sunday roast or a Saturday wedding or Friday, you know, date night or, you know, out on the town or whatever. So in, in doing that, I not only gave myself a four-day work week, which is amazing, but it uh, facilitates getting guys in when they need to be there sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. They need to look good. Yeah, that's it. So, but yeah, it's it's awesome. Like, I'm stoked that it's gotten so busy so quick. But basically, I um, what made me decide to do it was I went to get a tattoo a few weeks back. And I tried to book in with my artists that I normally go to. And they're great. Like, I have no issues with the shop. They're awesome. Great work. Great dudes. But basically, the waiting list was like six weeks. And I was like, ah, oh, it's my birthday. I just wanted a tattoo on the day. And I just went, look, you know, there's nothing wrong with the artwork or the, the boys or the shop. It was just purely a convenience thing. And I had this epiphany that I went, well, I don't want to become that. You know, my... They were they were the new cool shop that was you know you could get in whenever and now that they're doing really well, um, you know obviously they've got a wait time and of course getting a tattoo is different than a haircut but the guy brain still works the same you know we're very impulsive most of the time and we want something we want it now and yeah. if not now then soon so what what tattoo did you get so I got a little uh, Sailor Jerry style swallow on the, ah, my wrist a little bit of I'm... a filler in there. I did notice that earlier. Yeah, so cool. that's that's new. Just um, yeah, in uh, got it from my little daughter that we just have uh, had um, six months ago. Do that math. That's a daughter and a shop uh, around uh, a week around apart. the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. <laughs> so so your little daughter, little daughter Ariel. Mm -hmm. Ariel, she, yeah. Ariel, yep. Is that is that is that a language? Oh, what do you call it? Um, accent thing well uh, ariel, ariel well yeah it was more i mean i told Krista that this that she would get it all the time because me and kels have talked about this as well like yeah. if we were to call our kid peter yeah she would say peter yeah that's and i right. would say peter, peter. and it would be like well the kid's confused from the get-go wow that's it and i mean i was uh it was one of those things of carissa likes all these crazy out there names where i was more conservative because my name my full name is nicholas and it's nicholas. being being french um it's actually spelled without an h so it's n-i-c-o-l-a-s and i have had that much grief just from what would having, people say no not say just spell like on any document okay. oh, like yeah, yeah, throw the h yeah. in, and then like you get your license back and it's got an h and you're like oh actually guys I, there's no h in I, there. and you it's, have to completely it's not a legal it's not a legal document that's yeah. it has to be, it's so annoying so 
Anyway, I was like, it needs to be simple because it's got to be, you know, you can't be that out there that it gets misspelled all the time. But then yeah. she was like, it has to be original and girly and unique. And actually, it was that Frenchness that was like, okay, well, we'll roll on a spin. We were trying to come up with, you know, L or et names, you know, that have that little kind of fancy girl sound to it. But then, I don't know, something. It had to have a good meaning as well. So Ariel actually means Lion of God. It's from a... Um, from a Hebrew name, actually, but it's just the French spelling, so awesome. Um, hence the L. Like I would never pronounce it wrong again. Yeah. I'm, I apologize. Oh, See, this is, but like I said, this happens all the time anyway. So we've actually, I've I've become my worst nightmare in naming my child Ariel. <laughs> it's okay um, though. So don't don't worry. In Australia, she'll get a nickname by the time she's like two. So. Ella is yeah. a Ari as a Ari. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, really yeah. Know. it'll happen. I never um, understood how Aaron becomes Azza though. Can someone explain that to me? <laughs> like, <laughs> where um, does the Z come from? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's the same with um, calling someone Baza. Although I don't know where Baza like originates. Like, who calls? What like, is what's, ba- that what's that short Bart? for? Bar? I, I actually don't know. I probably just made a Barry. Pro- Barry. Yeah, I Barry. Reckon. There you go. Yeah, Baza. But then um, how many Barrys are strolling around these days? I don't know. Yeah, we don't really have any reasons. We Maybe we like Zs and mm. Zs or yeah, whatever yeah. it is. So six months ago, Ariel mm-hmm. was born. Yep. So was Stellian Barbers. Yep. Um, who's the third wheel? You have a lovely wife. Yep. She is the mother of your child. Mm-hmm. Um, how's she done with all of this? I mean, it's been quite a lot to take on. Um, being that it all happened at the at mm-hmm. the same time, you yeah. started a new business, mm-hmm. became parents. Yep. Yeah, I think those are the those were the two big things. I'm tr- I was trying to think if there's a third. Often there's three things, but um, no, yeah, it was good. She, um, I think. Like, it sounds like a lot all at once, but then when you have something so life-changing as, like, either, you know, a new job or a new member of the family, like, they actually say those are the top, I think there's, like, a list of, like, the top five most stressful things you can go through. Not necessarily, like, stress in, like, a typical sense of the stress, but, like, the stimulation that it puts on your brain to go through that event is intense and it's actually having a kid and a change of work circumstance are some of the top two. Oh really so they just did them at the same yep, time but yep. at the same time but so this, it's a complete new season yeah but that kind of let us just hit the reset button and it was just yep. like yep this is the new normal yep. and it was like as opposed to having one and then a few months later that whole paradigm shifting again it was just yep this is life you know i go to yeah. work four days a week and then we've got a baby yeah so yeah it's really cool mm-hmm. yeah often me and kels talk about like we've grown up where you're always counting down to the change. Mm. So like you, you do something like we, we've moved around a lot. Like mm. Kelsey's from Canada. So, um, you know, she's always counting down to when she gets to go home or I'm always counting down toward, you know, towards when I get mm-hmm. to go home or you're often in seasons, but then you get to a certain point in life where it's like, this is the start. We don't know when the end is, and yep. that's that's actually really hard sometimes because yeah. you kind of get in this short term mind frame where you you like your motivation is I will not have to do this soon or um, mm. this will end, but yeah, I guess for running a business, it's like you just keep going. It's this on, it's on and upward. Like you yeah. just keep developing, growing, yeah. and you kind of got to take a step back and create your own seasons. I mean. Mm with your with your daughter it's you know you were just saying that 
she's starting to crawl now. That's mm-hmm. a whole different season. And Game changer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to, totally. you know, kid proof the entire house. Mm-hmm. And the, the seasons are often determined by other people. But yeah. sometimes you need to choose them yourself. And it's, it's very daunting sometimes when you have to be like, all right, I'm going to keep trying to do this to the best mm-hmm. of my ability. But I need to really make an, a, a genuine effort to do that. Yeah. Um, which is always quite scary. Mm. So you've obviously gone through a, a through a few challenges mm. in the startup of all this. Is oh. there anything that stuck that kind of sticks out? Well, yeah. One major thing was I, I wasn't even planning to do it until February, and all of a sudden had to do it in November. <laughs> that was pretty massive. So you had to do it what four? What's that? Four months? Yeah sooner so that it was essentially well basically i had told my boss that the hair industry is so political it's if you're not with us you're against us and it's you know it's it's so true that you ask anyone in the hair industry to tell you the same thing so i told my boss i mean i gave generous notice like a good nine months in advance that the hey look this is in my brain this is what's gonna happen yeah how would you best like me to do this you know like what is going to make this as easy as possible for you because no one likes losing good staff and especially in the hair industry when the barber or the hairdresser is the product you know it's not like you can just replace the cashier girl and start over like you know people don't come to the shop because you know it looks fancy or whatever i mean that's part of it but if the they person the behind the chair sucks, yeah. like you're not going to go back there. You know, what's the so, conversation? The yeah. the end result and yeah, the experience. Yeah, the whole the, the whole experience, experience and yeah. that's facilitated by the hair professional that's doing your hair. So yeah, well, you you contact you. That's the it. Person you talk that's to, it. Yeah. So once they're gone, well, you're not you know you're not going back to that shop anymore. Yeah. So yeah, it's a huge chunk of clientele that they lose. So anyway, just tried to work out with them what was going to be the best possible scenario to them because I, I'm, I'm not out to ruin their business i'm not out to be you know the uh the anti or whatever and um yeah i wanted them to still be successful it just was a an environment and a situation that i knew wasn't for me and it's not what i wanted as i talked about earlier like just wasn't the environment i wanted to cut hair in so anyway i told them that ages ago and um i think they were just waiting to see whether i'd change my mind and the initial thing they had said was could you maybe just get us through christmas and then um, you know, in February, then you can, we can part ways, shake hands and, you know, how you going sort of thing. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, November came and I, I don't know if it was just pressure from, you know, the Christmas time being so busy in the shopping center and them having a lot of people applying for jobs. I think they just said they had, they had realized through me talking to them and not, you know, changing my tune that I was serious, that this is what I was going to do. And, um, they just said, look, you know, we can't keep you if you still want to leave. So instead of having four months, I, um, it was actually when we were expecting Ariel any day, Carissa was, um, you know, 38, 39 weeks pregnant, could go into labor any moment. And then had the meeting with my boss saying that, you know, they're actually gonna, you know, they can't keep me on. So it was pretty hectic. It was like, wow. All right. It's do or die. I can either stay two weeks and like, hopefully you know ride it out till the baby comes or i can leave now and have a job to go to when the baby comes you know it was like so i literally remember just you know ending that conversation and just saying hey like you know i need i need five minutes to just decide whether i want to finish now or whether i want to finish in two weeks and i just remember calling uh, carissa and then a few of the people in my life who i always like ask for advice and stuff and um 
anyway, yeah, it was just kind of came to the conclusion that it's like, yeah, I, I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta pack up and go now because at this point, Stallion Barbers is still Cockroach Towers in the back room of a storage, you know, thing for the board store. So yeah. there was no job to go to uh, at that stage. So pretty full on. Um, but it was cool. Like, I mean, I always work well under pressure and I do well in those situations. So yeah. it was kind of the kick well, in the it makes butt. You, it makes you, you know, have to have to do it or like you just oh, got to, it's got to be done. Totally. There's so many deadlines and you just go ahead and do it. Totally. That's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, that it was nuts. We ended up. I think it was. So that was the Thursday, right? So it was Thursday. I left about twelve o'clock for my job. Yep. Went in and put in for the next five days. Just did like massive. Actually, it wasn't even five days because it was the following Tuesday that Ariel was born. So what is that? Thursday, Friday. Yeah, I guess that is five days. Um, put in massive, probably fifteen, sixteen, seventeen hour days. Just like dark in the morning till dark at night just ripping this place apart and trying to get it look somewhat respectable <laughs> yeah um we well, did a really good job if anyone's ever been there you'll know that it looks pretty pimping yeah thanks man i i hope so nice myself <laughs> with the limited resources i had to me i hope the to drop do the best down I lights can. like the couches mm. the, yeah everything that we've talked about earlier but yeah yeah that's really cool yeah and you got your bike, you always have your bike parked out the front, yep, which the just has this like nice little, that cool yep. factor, I, I think, yep. even though I don't personally ride bikes, but yep. what what is your bike? Well, so I have, um, I've gone through a few bikes in the last two years, so I, I always, my mom was always like, oh, you know, you can't have a bike till you leave the house or whatever, just, you know, you're going to kill yourself sort of thing. And uh, anyway, got a bike and it was actually, I needed a bike to go to barber school because it was in Brisbane, and I was like, I'm not driving down every day and parking a car, because that's going to be ridiculous. So that's how I actually got into bikes, was when I started being a barber. And anyway, I've been through about six bikes now, just buy and sell, do a bit of work, flip them, and keep working my way up the ladder. Nick Nick actually taught me a mentality. The moment you buy something, list it for mm -hmm. more than you bought it, Yep. because someone will always want to pay a little bit more than what you paid. Exactly. Which I, I haven't actually done yet. For all the years that I've known that, mm -hmm. I haven't actually done it, but yep. you've done it several times. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have friends that do have done that for full-time work, like in in the States, uh, you know, working, we, the equivalent of, of Gumtree in the States is Craigslist, so yeah, we uh, yeah, that's right. work in Craigslist. But anyway, yeah, just flip my way up, so I have an old... My bike is actually 10 years older than me. It's a 1982 um, Yamaha SR400. So I bought it, and they had just brought it back over from Japan, this company in, in Brisbane that does custom bikes, and I actually got to it before they got it on their website. Or no, before they got it on Gumtree, and it was just on their website. So got it, got it for a steal, and um, just have been slowly pulling it apart and doing work. And it's actually, I didn't even really think of this when Stallion was being named, but um, we've realized it since, but that's kind of a, a, a uh, facet of stallion is, you know, the motorcycle is like the modern man's stallion. You know, it's your iron stallion. Ah, it's like you your steed, your trusty steed these days is, you know, no one rides, you know, stallions anymore. So that's like the modernization of that. So it's kind of become a little bit of a mascot for the shop. Yeah. I mean, anyone knows that you're actually in that day because there's a bike. Well, exactly. Under that's the logo. Like yep. It's, if the bike's there, I'm there. It's probably... Probably the coolest open sign I've ever seen. <laughs> That's I mean, that's true. just lame, like, you know, this little flip thing that goes yep. in the door that you yep. flip open and shut. It's yep. like, 
the bike is the bike in. is here. Nick, Nick is present. The barber is here. Is here. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it's funny though. There's actually a bike. There's another bike. So the stallion bike is under the the stallion sign, and then you come through, and that's actually my friend Nato's bike. Just it's been sitting there for. I don't even know how long. He broke the clutch cable when he rode it in, and it's just sitting there waiting to get fixed. So it's like people are always like, is that your bike? I'm like, no, no, that's the one under the no, side. I, 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 have a, I have a much cooler looking one. <laughs> well, one hey, that works. Nato, your bike's pretty cool too, but yeah, one that works. <laughs> one that has a clutch cable. One that has a clutch cable and won't kill you on the highway. That's awesome, man. Mm. Sweet. Well, um, we should probably get going, but... Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so you can, if you wanted to get in contact with Nick, you can hit him up by... On, well, there's still a few spots left of the on the VIP list, but I'm, I'm working with my software guy to get the waiting list going. So essentially, if you go on Facebook at Stallion Barbers, if you go on Instagram, you can get in touch with me. Whether you can be one of my clients or not is uh, up to how quick you get in. But oh, the, the the race is on. The race is on. Get get those spots filled. But you have, I'll be honest, you have probably at least two weeks till my software guy can implement the waitlist feature. <laughs> up till then, everyone gets the green I'm light. I'm not even so. sure if we'll get that out this quick. <laughs> I know. Well, there you go. So who knows? By the time this gets out, you might not you ever be might, able to. You might come be on that zone. be on that waitlist. That's so, very exciting, man. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for coming over. Sorry we couldn't do this in the actual shop. It's all good. I got Maybe. to play with your cat. It's all yeah, good. So. That's very true. Yeah. Penny is actually fast asleep now. She had a good little chase session with Nick she earlier. She is the cutest cat. She is, man. She's we're, so cute. we're in love. Mm. She is amazing. Alrighty, that was Nick Troton from Stone Barbers. So now's the part I share with you a little bit of an update. So. Literally after we stopped recording the conversation, Nick received a text message from his wife, Carissa, saying that basically they have been on a visa for the past two years uh, to be in Australia. If you're not familiar with that, go chat to some foreigners. The, the whole visa process is very strenuous. It's very hard to get into this country. My wife and I know Kelsey's from Canada. We went through a process, but it's getting harder and harder and harder. So basically they had been in a two year visa and they found out literally once we stopped recording that they were two weeks. Uh, they had stayed two, they have o overstayed two weeks on their visa. They thought it was up in July, but it wasn't. It was up uh, at the beginning of May. Um, just it can get confusing with dates anyone who's gone through a visa application process knows the dates all get very confusing um, so they actually found out um, that this was the case so they went straight to Brisbane to one of the head offices of the visa immigration places I don't know the official name uh, and they found out that they actually have to leave uh, the country uh, on June 12th so this whole conversation talking about Stallion has kind of ended in this, this very questionable season of what's going to happen with it. So uh, we will definitely keep you updated. I know that they're looking at going to Hawaii because uh, it's close and cheap. And let's be honest, it's amazing over there as well. But they're going to go there um, until they basically, basically get approved because um, they have to apply for their next visa whilst 
being in Hawaii or, or outside of Australia rather. Uh, so they will have to literally wait until our visa department of immigration uh, let them back in. Uh, so Stallion is actually, as of, I'm guessing, June 10th or 11th, uh, is in hiatus. So very sad news uh, to the end of a fun conversation, but we will keep you updated. We'll keep in contact with Nick while he's over there. And yeah, we'll keep you posted. But yeah, so that was episode two. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, let us know uh, what you think, what you'd like to hear, if you have any people that you'd, you'd want to, you know, chuck their name forward to, to jump on. We're looking at figuring out how to do this all on Skype and do this remotely and all that technical jargon that you have to figure out in this day and age. But Google is never too far away and we can always do it. So uh, yeah, feel free to give us a like on wherever you want to like this. I'm sure it'll be on Facebook. We'll do some posts on Instagram and all that type of stuff. Come find us, come follow us. Our website should be live. If not now, it'll be live very soon. We have a bunch of different blog type stuff going on. Uh, yeah, come and join us in this wonderful world. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll talk again soon.